welcome to you, me, and TV. I'm Mike. I'm Gia. And today we're going to be talking about the pilot episode of Parenthood. Parenthood was developed by Jason Kadams and premiered on March 6, 2010. It aired for six seasons on NBC. It's available to stream on Netflix and Hulu. And I'm going to go ahead and start off by reading that Netflix description. Autism, rebellion, and heavy teen drama. An angst-filled group of siblings struggle to raise their kids. What do you think about that description, Gia? I think it makes me think the show is going to be a lot darker than it is, a lot like sadder than it is. I think it's, so. It's kind of it's it's a drama, but it's like a dramedy. Yeah, I also think there's not like a lot of heavy teen drama. This isn't a teen show, really. No, yeah, it, <laughs> it makes you think it's going to be like Riverdale. Right? Yeah, this is like a a, a grown up dramedy. Uh huh. So yeah, yeah, I don't, and it feels like when they say it's an angst filled group of siblings struggling to raise their kids, doesn't it make it sound like their children, they're, all, they're, they're like all teenagers. Claire Danes. They're all Claire Danes from my so-called life. Exactly. <laughs> Raising kids. Yeah, it's it's a weird description. Yeah, I would say it's uh it's not the most fitting description I think for this show. But hey, let's let's talk about this show. So, mm-hmm. Parenthood is based on a movie actually. Mm-hmm. Parenthood the movie, which is directed by Ron Howard. It starred Steve Martin. It came out in 1989, mm-hmm. and we've both seen that movie. Yeah, my parents really liked it. I remember watching it a lot when I was little. You showed it to me one time. Mm-hmm. It was fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's so this show though, it's like it's based on the movie, but it's not really. It's based in, on the movie in that there is like a patriarch mm-hmm. that has like four kids that all yeah. kind of have similar kind of things going on. Yeah. But that's the extent of it. It's just sort of the concepts of the characters, I guess, are based on the movie, but and maybe some little story things that happen, but yeah. not the whole thing necessarily no and also the the show is set in you know it started airing in 2010 and it's set in 2010 and on it's not like it's set in the 80s like the movie was right oh that'd be fun (laughs) if it was set in the 80s (laughs) so but speaking of that though too there was actually a television version of this show that did come out right after that movie Mm -hmm. in 1990 and we've never watched that you can find some clips on youtube it's not really streaming anywhere that i could find you watched a clip and this one, critics liked it, um, but it did only last for one season. Some of the stars in that one, Ed Begley Jr., mm-hmm. David Arquette, Leonardo DiCaprio, mm-hmm. Thora Birch. That's an all-star cast. Yeah, it you really put, is. You put David Arquette and Leonardo DiCaprio in the same <laughs> movie for me? I'm all about Magic it. Magic happens. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can I say two of my man crushes? Huh, interesting. Well, David Arquette is also a professional wrestler, and I find that to be uh, fascinating. Okay. Well, Leonardo DiCaprio, though, that's one of your... He was my big crush yeah. when I was like, in, in middle school. I actually read an article about this show that was written at the time from mm-hmm. Entertainment Weekly from 1990, and it didn't mention Leonardo DiCaprio at all. And it talked about like the child actors and things like that in the show, just no mention of Leo, oh, which man. is just kind of crazy, because yeah. you know, he was a little kid at the time, though. He wasn't who he is now. Well, that shows me that the main issue with that 1990 show was that they weren't giving enough screen time to Leonardo DiCaprio. Gotta give more screen They're time to Leo. Underutilizing that asset, I oh, guess. Oh my gosh. Anyways, the one thing about that show, from an article from the New York Times at the time in 1990, after it was canceled, one of the things they said in that article was, the reasons offered for its quick demise are typical of television failure wrong time period no breakthrough characters not funny enough and so that's what the new york times offered as reasons for why that was unsuccessful mm-hmm. what do you think compared to you know that how this 2010 version of parenthood meets that criteria there because i think 
So for this time period, for 2010, for this mm-hmm. show, I felt like it was a very fitting show yeah, for that time period. And we'll talk about that, I guess, a little bit as we get through. Uh, and as far as breakthrough characters go, I mean, this show, it has Dax Shepard mm-hmm. playing the character Crosby. And this was Dax Shepard. Like, he had been around, but, like, this was, like, his big mainstream appeal kind of show. Yeah. Also, that, that Netflix description hinted at this, but there's a character with autism, uh, which is kind of unique for a show. He's the main character. So, right, yeah. yeah. I'd say he's a breakthrough character. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so. Yeah, the character. Also, too, um, you have in this, you've got Craig T. Nelson kind of making his, I don't know, making his impact known several years after Coach and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So it's cool to see him in this role as well. Mm-hmm. And as far as that last point, not funny enough, I would say that this show, and I did look up some reviews of the show when it came out, mm-hmm. and some reviews were like, it feels like it's trying to be funny, but then it's very sad at times, too. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I feel like that's up to kind of your own personal taste, but I do mm-hmm. feel like it is funny it's a dramedy yeah, i feel like it's funny yeah i mean it feels like in it's not like a soap opera in no, a way but the like way it tells the stories balance of like funny and less funny moments right yeah it's not like a big laugh out loud comedy mm-hmm. but there are definitely funny things that happen throughout yeah there's it's funny dialogue and there's yeah. funny characters like there's characters that are funnier than other characters because they're funny and uh-huh. other characters are serious yeah so i mean like that's how all shows are but like if you watch a comedy like veep or something like that everybody's cracking jokes the whole time yeah i would say it just comes across as being pretty realistic and i think that's one of the things they're going for in this show is to create like a show that feels very true to life and true to like a modern family. Right. Not true to the show, modern true to family. The show, modern family. <laughs> yeah. All the reviews that I looked up to all compared it to modern family too, which is funny. Cause it's huh. like, well, it's very different from modern. Yeah. Family. But these reviews came out in like 2010 okay. and like modern family was the show that everybody, you know, that was the bar right there. That was mm-hmm. the best show according to critics and everybody. Mm-hmm. It, it was fine. That was a good show when it came out. So speaking of, parenthood though and the cast and things like that Mm -hmm. it's actually there's i guess there's an original unaired pilot that i tried to look it up and see if there was available but similar to last week we talked about full house where there was a character that got replaced although that was under totally different circumstances um they did shoot this originally with the role of um well lauren graham's character sarah um Mm -hmm. was played by maura tierney but she was diagnosed with breast cancer and due to some scheduling conflicts with that diagnosis and the treatment she had to kind of drop out she's doing fine now though as far Mm -hmm. as i can tell and she's been in many shows since then and everything like Mm -hmm. that so but there is an original like uh, trailer that you can find online where maura tierney's in that role so it's kind of wild it's easy for me to imagine her in that role. I think so. I They're mean, pretty I similar. I think it would be different with her in it, but you can see her doing it. Right, definitely. So anyway, should we get should we get into the show a little bit? Let's do it. Let's do it. So I'm going to start off by reading. This is from Time Magazine's review of the pilot, and it kind of breaks down a lot of the different characters because there's a big family tree here that yeah. is happening in the show. Yeah, so. it's a little hard if you've never seen it to keep track of all the characters. Yeah, even mm-hmm. if you have seen it. There's like four different storylines going on. So Yeah, we'll what, try to make it easy to follow. Yeah, so I'm going to re- go ahead and read this quote. It says, Divorced Sarah, played by Lauren Graham, has moved back to town with her two troubled teenagers to get her life back together. Sister Julia, Erica Christensen, is a high-powered lawyer worried that her career has made her the second-string parent to her young daughter. Brother Crosby, played by Dax Shepard, is a bachelor with a serious girlfriend begging for a baby. And the load-bearing fulcrum of the family is Adam, played by Peter Krause, who is not only the unofficial counselor of his siblings, but is also discovering that his young son's quirks awkward on the ball field, obsessed with Legos, and wearing a pirate costume, may point to a more serious condition. Hovering over the four siblings are their mother, Camille, played by Bonnie Bedelia, and meddling dad, Zeke, played by Craig T. Nelson, an over-competitive sports nut. 
So that's sort of a breakdown of everybody that mm-hmm. we've got in this show. But let's just start off with that opening shot. So the opening shot, you hear some music playing. Mm-hmm. You hear Kick Drum Heart by the Avet Brothers. Mm-hmm. So you know immediately this is 2010. Exactly, right. right. That's one thing about this show, too, and we'll talk a little bit more about it, I think, throughout, but the music in this show, one, they use music in a really kind of effective way that Mm -hmm. I like a lot. Like a movie. Like a movie, yeah. It feels like there's like a soundtrack to it, which there actually are two volumes of soundtracks to the show that you get. Yeah, and you can find playlists on Spotify, and, and they're really good. And it's all that, it's not like all one genre of music, but it kind of is all that like 20 teens, hipster, hipster yeah, hipster indie, yeah. Yeah, but also and, some like oldies, a little bit of, of like less popular oldies, I Right, would say. but I feel like the sound of those oldies is like the same genre yeah, of is. the 20 teens, like hipster music uh-huh. and stuff like that. So, but it hits you with that kick drum heart song. And if you don't know that song, it's very upbeat and all that. And you mm-hmm. see Adam Braverman, uh, sort of our main character. The, mm-hmm. um, it's an ensemble cast, but you kind of get the sense that he's the main one. Right, yeah. And he's walking outside of his house and he is going for a jog and he's mm-hmm. feeling good mm-hmm. uh, until it gets to about the first maybe chorus of the song <laughs> and he starts to uh, start pantsing and then he has a seat sort of on like a, somebody's like, yeah. you know, on the fence or whatever. So I guess he doesn't get out for a jog very often. He must he doesn't, not. doesn't do very well. <laughs> yeah. And uh, but then he gets a phone call and it's his sister, Sarah. Lauren Graham. Yes. Played by Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham from... from Gilmore, Gilmore Girls. Girls Lorelai Gilmore. Oh my gosh. By the way, Lauren Graham and Peter Krause, these siblings are dating in real life. Hey. They're not siblings They're in not, real life. Are they good. They're siblings on the show. They met when they were filming an episode of Caroline in the City back in the 90s. Wow. And um, then when they were cast on the show, they hit it off and they've been dating ever since 2010. It was fate. Good for them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, go on. Yeah. And so Sarah calls him and she's saying that she lost her daughter, Amber. Sarah's in the process of moving out of her current apartment or whatever because she's going to be moving in with the parents, uh, Camille and Zeke, mm-hmm. uh, along with her daughter, Amber, and her son, Drew. Sarah and her family currently live in Fresno, California. They're going to be moving to Berkeley, California, where her parents live and all the rest of the cast lives as well. Right, yeah. And this opening part, I feel like with Lauren Graham in there, you know, if you're watching this, it's like, let's say that you've never watched Parenthood and you're thinking maybe I'll watch it. Mm -hmm. I do feel like some of the acting and maybe even some of the writing in this opening part is a little bit cheesy. I -hmm. like the show. Uh, I do recommend watching the show, but I do feel like it's, she's like, I lost Amber and like, Adam's like really not that concerned and it's kind of weird and then she does this thing where it's just like let me tell you about what my character's doing and she's basically like saying like that she's moving out she just tells us everything about her backstory so at first it is kind of like oh okay I think that's something that happens a lot in pilots because they're trying to like set everything up yeah it does and but they've got a lot to tell you so Uh you know so they do but uh adam gets a call on the other line while he's talking to sarah so sarah's gonna go and and find amber and you know she will find amber her daughter's not actually missing missing Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. but uh he gets a call on the other line and it is his dad zeke so the the patriarch of this family craig t nelson's character and he says my pipes are clogged he needs uh, Adam to come over and help unclog his pipes. It's his pipes like in his car, though. It's not like mm. his pipes in his house. It's not a big serious concern, I guess. No. But uh, but that's the thing. This show, it's it's all about family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's even about those little things like trying to go for a jog and your family 
calls you twice and interrupts yeah. you. I love it when my family calls and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. even just today when I was writing these notes down, mm-hmm. um, I sat down, I'm getting, I got my coffee going, mm-hmm. I'm getting ready to start typing. And then my phone rang and it was my mom and she's just there talking about family stuff. Yeah. And I love it. We love yeah. Rosemary. But, uh, <laughs> but I just thought it was funny because I'm about to write about a guy who's getting interrupted right. doing things by his family. So yeah. I thought that was fun. And then uh, after you got off the phone with your mom, my mom called you, right? Yeah, your mom. She needed to know where the gelato place was in town. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll tell you where it's at, I guess. Yeah. So <laughs> so a theme throughout this episode and um, kind of through the whole series is how demanding family can be. But, but also how it's how worth su- it. Yeah, how yeah. worth it it is and how, like, how nice it is to have like a supportive family right. around you they do go yeah. through a lot of issues and stuff this yeah. is a show too that like you know anytime we're ever kind of going through things you know with our family mm-hmm. it's always and i think you've said this before like well we watch parenthood and that's supposed <laughs> to be like this kind of perfect sort of family in a way but like look at the stuff they go through <laughs> so if you uh think your family is unique in its trials and tribulations then you know, watch Parenthood yeah. and you'll see all the, the kind of wild Everybody's stuff that goes through. Everybody's family's like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, after Adam gets off the phone, they cut to Sarah and she is getting Amber from Amber's boyfriend's apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this like kind of, you know, he's like a shirtless dude with like tattoos and stuff like that. I thought Amber was maybe older, but I think she's supposed to be in high school, right? Yeah, she's a high schooler. And she she's, said that she's going to like move in with this guy and stay yeah, in Fresno. Like, That's I sketchy. I don't, I don't think, think you can so. do that. No. <laughs> Amber, by the way, is played by Mae Whitman, Mae who Whitman. I really love. She's great. Yeah. Mae Whitman, who was on Arrested Development, which we talked about oh, yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Although she's not her? in the pilot. Yeah. Her. <laughs> um, Mae Whitman. And Mae Whitman, in real life, you were saying, you were telling me that she lives with the character that plays her brother not yeah. in a romantic relationship no, or anything they're just, they're just like roommates, roommates. M- miles heiser I yeah think is his name oh, yeah that's wild yeah and they also hang out with uh sarah ramos who plays their cousin hattie on the show well that's cool yeah i know from instagram they all post a bunch of pictures together and it's so cute yeah I love it. oh people making friendships on these shows and all yeah. that kind of stuff i want to be on a tv show <laughs> Oh, maybe someday yeah <laughs> you know i was thinking too we were talking about full house last week too is that uh when we watched the director's commentary we didn't mm-hmm. mention this on the podcast but jeff franklin the creator of full house was talking about how after they were finished shooting the uh pilot him and john stamos and dave coulier and uh bob saget like went to hawaii for oh, a week yeah. on vacation i just love facts like that like That's about so cool. when these characters that you love seeing interact or actually enjoy interacting with each other in yeah. real life that's it's so nice and now with like instagram you get to see it all the time and I'm, it's great i'm just gonna pretend that every show i watch <laughs> they're all hanging out like that yeah. afterwards <laughs> oh man so yeah she sarah goes ahead and, and gets amber to, to come back she kind of like grabs her and takes her out of the apartment and all that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. so that's happening then we cut to adam fixing zeke's car and while he's fixing zeke's car that's his dad's car he gets a phone call again and this time it is his wife Christina and she's telling him that their son Max is not going he's he's refusing to get dressed for the baseball game that he's got he won't mm-hmm. put on his uniform and you know this is frustrating for Adam and for Adam's dad Zeke who's overhearing the conversation kind of like just tell him to put it on he's got to he's got to go to the game mm-hmm. um but Adam then finishes up fixing the car goes home goes up to Max's room and convinces him to come to the game Max is sitting there playing with Legos but he convinces him by telling him he'll get a triple scoop of ice cream mm-hmm. after the game and that's sort of how that happens I'm kind of flying through some of these details here because we're not going to get as deep There's into a every lot little that happens yeah in this, in this episode 
Yeah. Um, so then we see they're at the baseball game, and the whole family is kind of there for the most part. Adam gets a call. Well, no, Adam calls now. He's he's the one doing the calling. He's calling uh-huh. Crosby, his brother, played by Dax Shepard. Mm-hmm. And Crosby answers the, answers the phone, and he's laying, like, in bed with a girl. And he's like, I can't make it. I'll, you know, I'll be there later. Turns out he, like, is sort of getting back with this girlfriend uh, that he's got. Mm-hmm. And uh, played by Margaret Moreau, who is in Wet Hot American Summer. Mm-hmm. And um, so we see that scene going on, and then it kind of cuts and stays with Crosby for a minute there. And we see Crosby getting into the... Uh, refrigerator at his girlfriend's apartment and what does he see in there Gia? He finds a canister of sperm like from a sperm donation. Totally normal thing to find. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No and he freaks out about that not to her in the moment he heads out to the baseball game but that's going to be something bugging him for a while there and it'll be kind of a a big thing going through the episode for Uh Crosby's story. Yeah. And then we also see now it cuts to the other sibling, Julia, and she's at a place called Fairyland, um, which is like a little theme park kind of thing. And her and Joel, along with their daughter, Sydney, are getting their picture taken uh, with some like, you know, characters at the theme park there. And Julia keeps getting interrupted by phone calls from work. She's mm-hmm. like a high powered attorney mm-hmm. and uh, having a hard time putting that phone down. Similar in many ways to the mom from uh, from Rugrats, I was uh, Angelica's of that too. mom. And I think we brought her up before. I forget. We did. On yeah. When we were talking about the show Easy. Oh, yeah. Um, I guess this is like a, a trope in must TV be. shows. Yeah. Moms who are on the phone. Get with, off the phone. With Jonathan. You're at Fairyland. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And uh, so we see that going on. But then we cut back to the game. Max is up to bat. Clearly, the uh, other players on his team not excited about that. They do not think Max is going to be very successful there. Um, he does not want to go play, but his dad convinces him to mm-hmm. go ahead and hit. Because baseball is very important in their family. It is. Yeah. You know, it's important in a lot of families. Mm-hmm. But Max does not strike out. He hits the ball. And he's like a little confused. His, mm-hmm. You know, dad is telling him to run and run. But then he gets out at first base. Although we rewound it and he's actually safe yes and uh adam and crosby and everybody um in the braverman family there mm-hmm. is upset with this and they argue the call and as adam's arguing the call we start to get the and he's like really arguing he's in the umpire's face yeah uh, but we start to get the uh the music the theme song for the show which is forever young by bob dylan mm-hmm. starts to slowly you know play and kind of go over the music or over the sound of the show uh-huh. and uh, kind of leads into the uh the opening of the show there yeah so there's no like title sequence in this pilot there is in other episodes and they use that same bob dylan song but in this pilot they decided to just use the song over the action right and then it'll just say parenthood on the screen after that mm-hmm. i really like that too i like that i mean i like when they have actual opening sequences in shows mm-hmm. but i think it's cool how the, the like the theme music kind of comes into the actual mm-hmm. show itself yeah so a lot of times shows will do that like in like series finales They'll start mm-hmm. to play the like real music like slowly or whatever over it. Although we'll come back to that though because they do play some mm-hmm. music at the end of the episode mm-hmm. too. So uh, that's our opening sequence. Like that's the opening scene there. And the so it's hectic. You kind of get the sense that like Adam's life and all the lives of all these characters are pretty hectic. Yeah, it's it's hard having kids, guys. It is hard having kids <laughs> and having these big extended families. Yeah, and they all live right there in Berkeley, California, uh-huh. which is beautiful by the oh, way very beautiful oh my goodness especially when we see um the grandparents house right and that's what we see in the next part though uh-huh. so the next part everybody in the family is like having a nice dinner in the backyard of the grandparents house and and this is actually 
the shots that we see for the opening sequence in the mm-hmm. rest of the series, yeah. which is probably, I guess, why they didn't want to put it there because you would have just seen just it twice. It. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, it looks like. I don't know. It looks like a, a magazine or something like that. Yeah, like when you see big tall trees and there's mountains in the background. And there's, there's lights all strung across the backyard. Yeah, and a big like, I think it's like a Crossman style house. Yeah. yeah. And so these people are, <laughs> I mean, they're not like supposed to be like rich people, like rich, rich people, but yeah, like, it's but clearly they are. Clearly they well. are. It's one of those <laughs> things like, I guess you could say that that could be a critique of this show. It's like, oh, these are just some real rich white people. Yeah. Especially I think once we get into the storyline about Julia and her family, I can see how you would maybe think that they are, their problems could really be solved with all the money they have, but yeah. we'll, we'll get there. We'll, we'll talk more about that later. Right. So from this point out, when we're talking about this show, normally we go through like scene by scene and, and really mm-hmm. get into some details. So, but because there's so much going on in this show, I think we'll break it up and focus on different characters mm-hmm. and sort of just, you know, more of the overall things that are happening. Cause yeah. it's, it, there's a lot going on, but in this next part here at the grandparents house, they're all having dinner and then they're kind of hanging out afterwards and they're there to welcome Sarah and her kids who have just arrived now at the grandparents. They're going to be living there. One of the things that happens, you know, you get, all the characters interacting, kind of talking about some of the stuff that happened throughout the day a little mm-hmm. bit. One thing that was funny too, there's a line, um, all the guys are playing ping pong mm-hmm. and uh, Crosby is a little bit, uh, he's he's kind of shaken by what had happened earlier when he found the sperm in his, in his uh-huh. girlfriend's refrigerator. And I think Adam says something along the lines of like, you, she slept with you with another man's sperm in her refrigerator. It's unconscionable. She must be confronted. <laughs> I think that's fair interesting because i i'm really on her side of this because it sounds like they maybe had had a relationship before but they've just gotten back together or just like hooked up again and it sounds like he had maybe had some commitment issues and wasn't interested in having kids but she's ready to have kids so she bought some sperm i don't think it's any of his business well i think he should probably at least talk to her about it though if he found if, it if they're going to be getting back together i think it's relevant to have a conversation but i don't think it's fair to be mad at her so, about it they've been broken up and they like just like hooked up last night so maybe they're getting back together but there was a period of time where she was just a single person and she bought this sperm that's her business that's true okay yeah. that's fair that's gotta be expensive yeah, I, don't I think, you I just think buy she that. will point that out later on in the episode. It was expensive. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, some other things that happen in this scene here while they're still all over at the house is that uh, Zeke uh, is playing basketball with Max a little bit. And um, one thing that happens is, uh, well, Zeke's pretty hard on the the kids. You know, he's he's mm-hmm. a tough old kind of stuff. He played coach, all right, on the show <laughs> Coach. So, you know, he's got that coach kind of mentality. Mm-hmm. And um, he ends up, I guess, elbowing Max in the nose at one point. Max is a bloody nose. Mm-hmm. Um, the dad's kind of... Not not like in anger or something. but Out like, of while anger. They, no. While they were playing <laughs> the game because he's like kind of not going easy on the kids. Right, yeah. Because he wants them to learn how to be good athletes uh but we see a moment then after that uh, where adam is talking to zeke and adam is saying to zeke we're not raising him the way that you raised us all right and then zeke says okay what's that supposed to mean you know because kind of offended by it Mm -hmm. and adam says it means i don't want him to feel like everything in life is a war and then zeke says oh sonny it is a war kind of a knowingly sort of mm-hmm. way of saying that, mm-hmm. which I think that really, you know, is I guess maybe one of the themes of the episode mm-hmm. or of the series. And I think the dad maybe, or the grandpa fought in Vietnam. 
Oh, I think, think I think he did. I think, I think they that. bring that up later on. Yeah. I don't think they hint at that at all in this pilot, but I do think they bring yeah, that other I mean, other right than there. that yeah, line. Yeah. 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 And so Although also the grandparents are kind of hippies. Yeah, they are kind of hippies. Yeah. And and they, you know, we talked about them being rich maybe. They're like old school like hippies. They probably have owned that house for like a super long time. So yeah, like when they it might was less yeah. Expensive right. Yeah. yeah. And uh and so from this point out, kind of in my notes, I kind of broke it down in between the four different kids and mm-hmm. their families and their stories. And they intersect at times, but mm-hmm. we'll kind of look at each one individually and kind of the different things that they've got going on there. Mm-hmm. So first off, we've got, who do we want to talk about first? Um, let's talk about Adam and Christina. So first. Adam and Christina. Mm-hmm. And uh, who plays Christina, by the way? That's Monica Potter. Monica Potter. You might know her from the Freddie Prinze Jr. movie, Head Over Heels. I, we watched I, a few minutes of that. We recently threw on a few minutes of that. I had never seen the movie, but I did remember her from the uh, cover of the DVD from back when I worked at Hollywood Video. Oh, all right. <laughs> and that's the main thing that I knew her from before she was on Parenthood. That's not one of the better Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, movies. No, that's no. not a She's All That no. or a Summer Catch, if you will. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Is Matthew Lillard in that movie? He's in all the Freddie Prince Jr. movies. He might be. We didn't make it past the opening scene when no, we tried to we watch didn't. it. No, we didn't. It really, it was confusing. It appeared to be mainly about art history. So. <laughs> it was strange. It was, yeah. there was like people that were retouching up old artwork yeah. and there were no ghosts. If you're going to be retouching <laughs> up old artwork, I need myself some some Vigo, some, uh, what's the one from Ghostbusters 2? Um, Sigourney Weaver? So I need some Sigourney Weavers <laughs> in there. So anyway, Adam and Christina, uh, their focus on their story. So they've got two kids. They've got Max and they've got Hattie. Um, mm-hmm. Hattie doesn't get a lot of screen time in the pilot, no, really. but she's like a high school student. She's like a good student. She's also my least favorite character on the show. But I guess in a big cast like this, you're bound to have favorites and least favorites. And she's my least favorite. Wow. She's a brat. Shots fired. <laughs> um, but their story really focuses on their son, Max. Um, we see a scene kind of toward the beginning uh, of his kind of story where he gets in a fight at school. He's cutting up some paper, trying to make little hearts, I guess, out of them. But he mm-hmm. keeps messing up and grabbing more paper. And this little mm-hmm. kid's like a little jerk. And he's like, Max, mm-hmm. save some paper for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. And then calls him a freak when he walks by and Max like tackles him and like mm-hmm. I think he bites him too. He bites him. So uh, the parents are called in, uh, Adam and Christina. They find that this is not an isolated incident mm-hmm. and that they are recommending that Max get tested by a specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, to see if he should stay at that school or if he needs to go to a different kind of school. Yeah. So it's kind of like they're like going to kick him out of school. Which- well, yeah, they almost they're like, uh, are we getting expelled here? And they're not used to this because, like we said, their other kid, Hattie, is like a top student type mm-hmm. of kid. Yeah. And they're like good, involved parents, you know. Right. They're, yeah. They're doing everything they can to support Max. Yeah. And so sort of, I guess, jumping forward in the story, um, because we'll come back to the other characters and their plot line. Um, we do find out uh, that there's a scene where Adam and Christina are kind of meeting. It looks like they're on, he's like on a lunch break or something like that. Even mm-hmm. they're just like in the middle of the day, like downtown mm-hmm. or something like that. And um, she's like, you know, uh, it, it's not looking good. There's, you know, some stuff going on with him. He's having trouble. And Adam's kind of like, it's okay. We'll work through this. It's fine. And then yeah, he, Adam doesn't want to believe that there's a more serious issue. He wants to believe that this is something they can get past quickly and that his son is totally normal and everything's going to be fine. Whereas it seems like Christina wants to really get to the bottom of what's going on um, so that they can support Max in the best right. way possible. And then she kind of breaks down and, and says, there's something wrong with our baby. Yeah. And says that he's got 
Asperger's and mm-hmm. autism. And that's a, kind of a big, you know, we mentioned that they mentioned that in the um, Netflix description, but mm-hmm. that's sort of a big plot line of the show. That was like, right. um, anytime they mentioned this show, like that's what got it a lot of like buzz and like mainstream attention mm-hmm. because they were talking about this autism plot because there weren't a lot of shows that were focusing on autism. No, and it's kind of, I feel like with a lot of shows, when there's like a big issue like this, a lot of times on TV that will get like brushed past and like an episode or two, there'll be like one episode about it or like a few episodes and then the problem is resolved, which obviously is not really how real life works. Max had this throughout the whole show because it's a lifelong thing, autism. And so there's a lot of stories about it, but also there's a lot more to the character than just the fact that he has autism. The creator of the show, Jason Kadams, based this character, Max, on his own son who has autism. So that's probably why it feels very true to life and why the show got a lot of acclaim for this character and the stories involving him. Yeah, and that's that. That, that really is sort of a, a big emotional moment in the show too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were talking earlier, um, Gia and I, both coach a special olympics team mm-hmm. and bocce ball if you uh you know don't know what bocce ball is look it up it's a fun game we love mm-hmm. playing bocce ball and we love coaching special olympics mm-hmm. but you know one of the things that i think about when we do it is that in that parenthood episode we see the parents finding out the news that their child has autism and how sort of devastating that is in yeah, the, in like the it, moment like I think for them it like feels like the end of the world yeah, yeah. i mean it's similar to like when when you found out that you had cancer mm-hmm. which you're fine now mm-hmm. we'll mention that again yep. <laughs> uh, but in the moment it's like oh well this is the worst thing ever i don't why is this happening to me like what's right. what's going on which you know in some ways it feels like that yes it is but um, you know, in other ways it brings in a whole lot of other kinds of things. And that's kind of what I think about, you know, when, when we do the special Olympics stuff, it's like, it's such a fun thing. Like our uh-huh. goal when we do special Olympics is just to have fun. We like put on music at our practices yeah. and just have a good time. Yeah. And so like, and everybody is having a good time. With yeah. It. And it's yeah. just, it's just fun and everybody's just it's being themselves and it's a good time. Uh-huh. But that's what I think about is like just giving, you know, just doing something fun, uh, uh-huh. with, you know, people that, you know, at one point they thought this was the worst news ever. And that doesn't mean that it's not difficult and that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely there are challenges. Like Adam and Christina and Max will have lots of challenges throughout the show. But it's not like, it's not actually the end of the world. Everything will be okay and they'll learn to cope with it. And Yeah. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> so, I think that's a real moment, you know, in the show. And I think that's a, you know, I think that a lot of people, you know, if people have uh, family or just people in their lives with autism, this show is a um, really good way of, I guess, seeing that you're not alone yeah. and seeing what other people are doing, whether yeah. they're, you know, a super rich white family in uh, Berkeley, <laughs> California, or just, yeah. you know, your own <laughs> friends and, and relatives. Right. Um, but yeah, now that, that whole thing, I think they handle that pretty interesting way too. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, let's kind of keep going through with their story there. Because of Adam blowing up at the umpire during Max's game earlier, uh-huh. uh, we do find out a little bit later that uh, he's asked to sort of step aside from coaching baseball, and he's <laughs> yeah. he's pretty angry because I think that happens sort of right after he hears the news of well, it's not right after he hears the news of autism, but it's right after he sees Max again after mm-hmm. he would heard the news and is now picking up on all these signs and things like yeah. that. So the dad is having a real hard time with this yeah. and sort of feeling alone and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later toward the end of the episode, Adam and the whole family, they're at 
Sydney, I guess Adam's niece's uh, recital, mm-hmm. and Adam is outside of the recital with Max. They're outdoors because Max couldn't come into the building because there were candles in there, and that was one of his things that he couldn't be around. Uh-huh. And uh, and we see Zeke come out, and there's an emotional moment where Adam is saying, "There's there's something wrong with my my kid, and I need I need your help, I need your support." Yeah. And Zeke is starting to realize, you know, there might be something more going on here. The kid's not just being you know misbehaving or something like that yeah and it does like strike a chord with zeke at that moment he like realizes that his son really needs him and his grandson really has something going on yeah Yeah. and so the the whole tough love thing that he's been trying might not be the the best approach with max right so he gets that now yeah by the way this part reminded me where max can't go in with the fire that made me think of when i was little my sister my sister does not have autism but my sister did have a fear of balloons like she was terrified of balloons when we were when she was a really little kid and you know how like you'll go to restaurants and they'll like give little kids balloons sure um my dad would have to go into restaurants ahead of all of us and be like don't give my kids balloons <laughs> because she would like freak out if she got a balloon. <laughs> Is that a common thing they do at most restaurants? I think like at, like at TGI Fridays, they <laughs> okay. would like give you. Do you I not just, remember that? From I, when you were little, I don't like, know if anybody's ever balloons. handed me a balloon at a restaurant. Oh yeah, it was like at, like at TGI Fridays or like a um, Ruby Tuesdays, like places like that. They would definitely give you balloons all the time at least okay. in the 90s all right yeah, yeah i'm just picturing kid. your dad like walking into restaurants and being like please do not give my child a balloon and they're like okay man no it I was wasn't a, gonna do it it was a thing okay sure <laughs> yeah. um anyway max's story and adam christina's story kind of ends with the whole family's having brunch and max comes out and he's like hey don't i have a baseball game and they're like yeah but thought you didn't want to do it and but they they do uh he does and they all go and yeah they rush to get they rush to get there in time Mm -hmm. Um, and adam has to like stand off to the side side, because he's he's not not allowed to be there he can't even be there not only can he not coach he cannot be there (laughs) yeah so that's kind of their story and that's one of the big main stories but we've got some other people going on here too who do you want to talk about next next uh let's talk about sarah and all right her family and and that's kind of the other bigger story and and again um, sarah's played by lauren graham yeah and so one of the things going on with her she's just divorced well not just divorced but she's just kind of really broken off a lot of ties with her ex-husband seth uh-huh who um, is a musician and also a drug addict yeah and has not been a very reliable partner and she she's kind of run out of money because she's she's been bartending trying to support her two kids so yeah they're moving back in with her parents and one of the big things going on with her is that her sister julia has been seeing um when she goes to this coffee shop she's been seeing an old boyfriend of uh sarah's named jim kaczynski and there's a fun line too where um the family i think christina's like the Unabomber? And they're like, no, no, Jim Kaczynski's like, oh, oh, he was hot back in high school or whatever. (laughs) And um, Julia sets Sarah up on a date with Jim. And uh, Jim Kaczynski is played by Mike O'Malley. He's he's just got a little story arc in this first season here, but Mike O'Malley, host of Guts on Nickelodeon. Star of Yes, Dear. Star of Yes, Dear. Uh, <laughs> Emmy nominated Mike O'Malley. He was nominated for uh, his role in Glee. So mm-hmm. how about that? Uh, but anyway, they go out to dinner, uh, Sarah and Jim, at a Chinese restaurant. And when they show up, when Sarah shows up, she is 
kind of taken off guard because he looks different than yeah, he used to. she doesn't even recognize him at first. She like walks by his table and he's like, hi. And she's just like, hi, and keeps walking. Right. She doesn't know who it is. And he's like, no, it's it's me. It's Jim. And, and he's yeah. a little like he's looks, you know, he looks like a middle-aged man. He's bald. Yeah. He's a little bigger than yeah, probably he was. Yeah, it's not like he, he looks terrible or no. anything. But yeah. um, I think Sarah's a little disappointed because Julia had told her he looks smoking hot. Right. Also, yeah. <laughs> she had told her, you know, that she'd been seeing him at the coffee shop, but did not tell her that that's because he's the barista at the coffee shop. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. So Sarah is unimpressed, even though Sarah, I mean, she works as a bartender, which I think is similar to being a barista. Everybody's serving drinks. People just serving drinks. It's, I yeah, think it's all pretty a similar. Occupation. But yeah. when she gets to talking to him, though, she does sort of, um, because, you know, her ex husband was kind of a, kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. And she sees this nice guy. He, he's funny. Um, he mentions that he, Actually, he's like, I'm not just a barista. I also fix up old trucks, and I just got a. I'm getting a poem published in the New Yorker, which they kind of just gloss over that. That's yeah. a really big deal. Getting yeah. a poem published yeah. in the New Yorker. Yeah, that would really <laughs> impress me. She seems only mildly impressed. Right. But yeah, that's impressive, Sarah. Come on. Yeah. And also, it seems like he's like been like carrying a torch for her for a long time. That's an expression, oh, yeah. right? I'm sure. I think. <laughs> <laughs> he's. He's held on to this uh, idea of Held her. on to feelings for yeah. her for a long time. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. He seems like a, a catch for her, I, I think. I think so, yeah. And they kind of hit it off. And, you know, they go back to, to, the guest house. to the guest house. One thing we do notice, and it kind of sets things up for later episodes, is that uh, he's like, whoa, I didn't expect this. I don't have any condoms. And um, she's like, oh, I actually saw some in my dad's office earlier. And she, you know, pulls out a condom for Jim. Jim's like, why does your dad keep condoms in his office? Uh-huh. Uh, is he having an affair? And they kind of leave it at that. Yeah, but and she's that's like, gonna I be something. don't even want to think about it right now. <laughs> right. Because we did see her find those earlier and she was concerned. But yeah, she hasn't brought it up to anybody yet. Yeah, but uh, after they kind of, you know, do what they do, I think they're sort of half naked and in the kitchen at one point. And mm-hmm. Drew... They run into the kitchen in the main house to get some snacks. Yeah, and Drew, the uh, son... Um, Sarah's son comes down and, and finds mm-hmm. him down there. And, and he's, he's like a high school age. Yeah. Maybe like a high school freshman. Uh, but he catches them. He's unhappy just about this this whole thing, being there, mm-hmm. about, you know, her dating and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, some other scenes happen that we already talked about because we're talking about them all separately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Drew ends up running away uh-huh. to his dad's house in Fresno. Yeah. And, Sarah at first doesn't know where he is. Right. And uh, she eventually gets him. There's an emotional scene talking about, um, you know, how he, you know, deserves a father and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So yeah, his the dad, Seth, by the way, I'm not sure who the actor is who's playing him, Sarah's ex-husband in this episode. But eventually that role will be played by John Corbett from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, we were talking earlier about your least favorite character, Hattie. Uh-huh. I think that Drew is my least favorite character. Really? I think Drew is so lame. And you'll see like in some <laughs> later episodes where he's like trying to date yeah. this girl. Girl, that he's like <laughs> such a dork and he kind of thinks he's cool or something he's got kind of stupid hair too um so i just don't or I, I think i feel bad for drew i don't know i think he's lame <laughs> <laughs> um so that's pretty much sarah's story um we've yeah, also got yeah well meanwhile um sarah kind of has this ongoing conflict with her daughter who's like the rebellious teenager oh that's um, right again, yeah who, 
we saw at the beginning she like wanted to move in with her boyfriend but obviously right. she didn't she moved with the family and she gets arrested at one point yeah. not officially arrested but taken into a police station when yeah. she's hanging out with hattie sort of being her, that bad cousin, influence on Adam's her daughter yeah so which is it's like embarrassing for sarah that right her daughter not only is getting arrested but is also getting her like goody two-shoes cousin arrested oh man they had yeah. drugs that was the issue yeah. she had drugs yeah she so. says they weren't her drugs yeah. And what is that? They're okay. You're holding drugs. I don't know. Yeah. So Sarah is not pleased about that. No. Um. And you can kind of tell toward the end of the episode that Amber is feeling guilty about how things went down, and um, she's sad that her mom is like disappointed in her. So you yeah, do get yeah. the sense that she wants to redeem herself a little bit, and she's not all bad. She Amber, I think, is my favorite character on the show. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think we see her best side in this particular episode. No, but no. yeah, she's not a bad girl. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah, <laughs> eh, whatever. Uh, you know, one thing uh, <laughs> we were talking earlier about. I don't like how Drew when he's trying to date some girl in a later episode, and it's uh-huh. like it's just lame. It's like Drew, come on, man, what are you doing? But mm-hmm. Mae Whitman in a later episode, she's dating that hot dude from Friday Night Lights. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Which Friday Night Lights uh, was also um, something that Jason Kadams, the developer of this show, right. worked on as well. Right. So a lot of cast members from Friday Night Lights appear on Parenthood. Yeah. So let's just talk about these other two stories, too, that we've got here going on. One, we've got Julia and Joel. We don't see them too much. Oh, Joel also. Joel's Joel's a cool guy, too. And a hottie. Oh, He's my gosh. played by Sam Yeager, who I think also <laughs> directs a few episodes of Parenthood. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, he road. has a movie that he directed, too. I think it was on Amazon. We didn't watch it but um, mm-hmm. it's on there somewhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, speaking of that, I keep mentioning all these hot guys. Uh, let me just clarify, <laughs> too, is that uh, <laughs> I'm straight and married to Gia. Uh, so I just want to make that 100% clear. Um, but, you know, we, we can we can admit when there's a good-looking dude on screen. Yeah. That is what it is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Julia and Joel, their, their main thing that they've got going on is just that Joel is a stay-at-home dad. Mm-hmm. He Ju- used to be like a carpenter. Yeah, like a contractor kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, uh-huh. and uh, Julia, high-powered attorney, they make big bucks. Um, uh-huh. And uh, but she's but, not feeling connected to her daughter Sydney. Yeah, because they've they've kind of decided they they don't want to have like a a nanny or do any kind of child care. They want one of them to be home with their daughter, and they've decided that that person will be Joel. Yeah, and there's uh-huh. one point too where um, Julia says, uh, you know, well. Um, I guess Sydney will be more of like a relative to me and I've accepted that or whatever. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because um, their daughter, Sydney, who is another of my least favorite characters, but at least she's a small child. So her brattiness is more forgivable to me than Hattie's. Right. But yeah, Sydney prefers that Joel like cut up her food for her yeah. and sing her, her lullabies at night and everything and um, doesn't seem to care too much about Julia. Right. Her, hurts her feelings but she's like trying to make peace with it we were you know we were talking about this earlier how you know it's not like our our son doesn't isn't not connected to you or any mm-hmm. kind of way but he doesn't uh he's been calling you by your first name yeah and he's only one he doesn't really say much but he's been saying like gia gia first to call me gia rather than mommy <laughs> and when he does call you mom so. it sounds like he's going like ma <laughs> Yeah, like he's Ray Romano. Ma. Ma. Oh, Ray Romano is also on Parenthood, too. Oh, yeah, he comes in one of the later seasons. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. And there's a really cool storyline going on with Ray Romano, too, that That's I don't want to give away right now. But it is it, that stuff, because mm-hmm. I've seen most of the series, too. But mm-hmm. that, that whole story arc with Ray Romano, I think, is really good. Yeah. Anyway, the other plot line we got going on, we got Dax Shepard. And uh, basically, you know, we mentioned. Who plays Crosby. Yeah. We mentioned that he found. Um, 
sperm in his uh, girlfriend's freezer. Uh, he finally, you know, he confronts her about it. And his character, Crosby, is sort of like a studio engineer for music, sort of a record producer, but not like a mm-hmm. record producer, but he like works in a small studio. and With his on a get off again girlfriend, the girl who had right. sperm in her freezer. Yeah. She's like a producer there as well. Yeah. And um, he confronts her about the, uh, the sperm. Uh, she says the donor is an Olympic athlete and a Rhodes Scholar. And then in a later scene, uh, one line I think is funny like he says oh that olympics athlete uh, that you got well i looked him up he traveled with the bowling team as a third backup so uh <laughs> so i thought that was funny that he like went and looked up the guy because had his name on the uh, yeah he's on like the canister. jealous of this sperm yeah <laughs> um but, but he agrees that uh you know what he'll stick with his girlfriend there and they'll have a baby in three years and yeah, he's sort if, of pseudo and doesn't use this yeah and he sort of becomes like pseudo engaged to her um <laughs> yeah well, i don't know if that's a thing i don't know but, but uh, <laughs> alongside all of that he's got an ex-girlfriend jasmine who contacts him this was a girl he dated like five years ago yeah i don't know how much of an official relationship it was maybe like a few yeah yeah hookups yeah but uh she wants to meet up he thinks it's to you know hook up or whatever mm-hmm. um and when he meets because she's been living out of town and she's says she's like back in town right and when she meets up with him um she reveals uh this this child um Mm -hmm. five or six year old child uh Mm -hmm. named jabbar and uh jabbar this this child is dax's son yeah crosby's son yes (laughs) (laughs) i think i think the character of crosby is very similar to Dax Shepard's apparent real life persona, which I think so. which we've learned a lot about because we listened to his podcast. Yeah, Armchair Expert. <laughs> yeah, Dax Shepard has a podcast called Armchair Expert. It's fantastic, and he he's had a lot of the people of Parenthood. Crosby. He's had yeah. a lot of the members of the cast members of Parenthood on there yeah. too. Yeah, um, so that's kind of a shocking moment for Crosby learning mm-hmm. that he has a son that always that reminds me of the scene from the movie mafia which is one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. movies it's from the people who made airplane and it's like a spoof of mafia movies so it's got christina applegate and mm-hmm. jay moore and they like had dated but then they kind of broke it off uh-huh. or whatever and um but jay moore and her they meet back up but he's got a little kid with him mm-hmm. and he is like she's like oh i see you have a child and he's like oh yeah and he's like what's your name and he's like my child's name is, uh, his name is Diane. I named him after his mother, which is Christina Applegate's character's <laughs> yeah. name. And it doesn't make it's any so sense. Ridiculous. It's so, so stupid. Yeah, she I realizes that she's that boy's mother, <laughs> which I think is kind of a spoof of uh, Forrest Gump. When oh, yeah. Forrest, like, meets back up with Jenny and she has a son named Forrest and she says she named him after his father. I think it probably yeah, is. I yeah, I think that's what it's spoofing. But oh. also, you know, that always makes me think of, remember when we met Mario Lopez and he was like signing autographs at Big Lots one time? So I, we met Mario Lopez. He like signed an autograph for me, you know, like Dear Gia, whatever. Approximately nine months later, Mario Lopez had a daughter. Oh. Guess what her name is? Gia. It's Gia. Wow. So are you the mother? I apparently so, he so. Was signing the hell out of that <laughs> autograph my gosh yep that makes it sound like his career is depressing and stuff but um it was for an event he was in columbus for a big <laughs> event so it was a whole big sponsorship thing he wasn't just yeah. like in, I think in you, a in a big lot. Your mom called us and she was like, "I bet big lots and Mario Lopez is here. You need to get down here." We were like, "We'll be right there right, right. away." <laughs> but there was a table and everything. It's not like he was just shopping. Um, yeah. Anyway, the final scene we mentioned before. It's the baseball game. Max is playing and. Uh, the music comes back in the theme music, but it's a slower version of it. And it's a nice little ending there. The whole family there at the game. I think Max maybe mm-hmm. gets a hit too. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
and that's that's pretty much the episode. And then it does end too. We'll just mention because it comes up at the end of the show. It says in memory of in memory of Nora O'Brien. Yeah, Nora O'Brien, by the way, was um she was the VP of drama programming at NBC and she died on the set of Parenthood, on the set of this pilot of a brain aneurysm, which is really sad. So they decided yeah. to dedicate the episode uh, to her. And um, by the way, later on in the series, there is a baby that is born. I won't tell you whose baby it is, but there's a baby that's born and the baby's name is Nora. So I think they must have named her after uh, Nora O'Brien. That's a nice tribute. Yeah. Those kind of uh, in memory of things now with streaming and everything, it's it's cool that they they stay on there, you know, because mm-hmm. it used to be just like, okay, like, yeah, this episode is, you know, in memory of somebody who, you know, died around that time. But now they're mm-hmm. like always in there, which is yeah. even more of a memory of them. And that's yeah, in the pilot so too. Because we, we just saw that in memory of Nora O'Brien and, and decided here we to are. look it up Let's just see now. who that is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Know. Mm-hmm. So, hey, let's, Let's talk about some other things about this show. I feel like we, we had a lot of dense information to talk about mm-hmm. that there. So first off, I just want to say our recommendations here. I would say, you know, we really went through it off. You've not seen it before. Hopefully mm-hmm. that gives you an idea what it's about and maybe you want to see it. Maybe you'll want to watch it because, mm-hmm. uh, and if you have seen it, you know, that's fun to go back and relive those shows that you watched before, get this our kind of take on it. I rewatch all the time. It's like a show I'll like throw on and have on in the background. Yeah. All the time. I think it's a good show for that too. Mm-hmm. I think that's, um, it's definitely a show that I think we would recommend. It's a, you know, mm-hmm. it's a comedy slash drama. It's a drama. Mm-hmm. It's a dramedy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, a, yeah, it's just a, it's it's an easy watch too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's sad and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, but it's like, a, you know, it's got good music in the background yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it's uh-huh. not like sad in the way that something like This Is Us is sad. Because I think that no. This Is Us kind of filled that slot when Parenthood, Parenthood left. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is not like a, you know, on this episode of Parenthood. Yeah, find out how this character died. Right, yeah. yeah. No, it's not, it's like, not that. like that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I definitely would totally recommend it if, you know, if a dramedy about a family sounds like the kind of thing you'd be into. And it's great mm-hmm. because it has that rewatchable value of thrown on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing we did on some of our early episodes of the podcast, we always talked about the spinoff we would like to see. Like, mm-hmm. let's just say they, maybe either this show never went to full series and maybe mm-hmm. they did a spinoff right away or maybe after it's all over. But Gia... What kind of spinoff would you like to see of Parenthood? So this is one where I think what I would really like to see is a prequel of um, Zeke and Camille raising their four kids, maybe as teenagers. And we see the four Braverman siblings um, in their teen years. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, For me, a spinoff that I would like to see... You know what? I think I would like to see. I'd like to see more Joel. More Joel going Joel, on there. Yeah, I'm not gonna say no to more Joel. And see, I just want to see one where he's. Uh, what is he? He's like a contractor. He like yeah. builds houses and builds stuff like that. Uh-huh. You want to see seem... him just like shirtless building some houses? I'm not gonna say I don't want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> but I think something with him. He was a, a good. You know, I, I haven't seen him in a lot of things either. Sam Yeager, the no, actor. No, I haven't either. Um, and he was really good. So, mm-hmm. uh, but hey, mm-hmm. you know what? We like to end with a game sometimes. Yeah. And I've got a game. Okay. This game is called Made for TV or Completely Made Up. <laughs> All right, Gia, let me tell you about this game. Okay. So Parenthood is a TV show based on a movie. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to read some descriptions of some TV shows okay. based on movies. Okay. You need to tell me if they are made for TV, as in they're actually they actually happen and went on to TV, or... Uh-huh. 
if they're completely made up. These okay. TV shows do not exist. The <laughs> movies the exist. Movies exist? Okay. The movies exist, but the TV shows do not. Okay. So these are some of these I've took off of IMDb. Some I kind of wrote myself. Some's a mixture of both. Okay. Um, so, all right, here we go. This is made for TV or completely made up. Before she was antagonizing Michael Scott, Melora Hardin, Jan from The Office, was learning the cha-cha in this short-lived and not well-conceived television spinoff of the 1987 hit movie. More of a remake than a continuation, the series reset the burgeoning romance between pro-dancer Johnny and spoiled rich kid Baby, with enough tweaks to set the series up for a full multi-season run. Unfortunately, it was not to be. CBS put Dirty Dancing in a corner after 11 episodes. This is a Dirty Dancing spinoff? Dirty Dirty Dancing TV, TV show. TV show. Well, made for TV or completely made up? I want to believe this is real and that I can find it on YouTube, so I'm going to say made for TV. Made for TV? That is real. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm going to look that up Oh my right goodness. Away. <laughs> uh, here's the next one, Gia. You're one for one. Andy Anderson is an advertising executive who, to win a big campaign, bets that she can make a man fall in love with her in 10 days. Benjamin Barry covers the how-to beat for Guy's Life magazine and is assigned to write an article on how to lose a girl in 10 days in this made-for-television twist on the 2003 romantic comedy. <laughs> I think if this were a thing, I would have definitely watched it, so I'm going to say um, made up. Is that, that is completely made up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would have wanted it to happen. You know yeah. me. I love how to lose a guy in 10 days. Well, I watch it late. all the time. It could still happen. It could you still happen. You want to pitch this show? I, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> all right. You're two for two. Gia, here's the all next right. one. The continued adventures of the Portocalos family from the film My Big Fat Greek Wedding, start, starting when Nia and her husband return from their honeymoon in the CBS sitcom My Big Fat Greek Life. That is real. That is that real. Is for Can TV. you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> it has like a laugh track and everything. <laughs> yeah, I think I tried to watch it and unfortunately it was unwatchable because yeah. the movie is really good. Did not last long. Yeah. They did make a sequel to Big Fat Greek Wedding. I never saw that. I, I wonder if they address what happened in the sitcom. <laughs> I, don't I wonder know. if you had to have seen the sitcom. To, no, I'm sure you didn't. All right, here's the next one. Look out because those balls are flying at you from every angle. Join the ragtag group of misfits from Average Joe's Gymnasium as they continue to clash with White Goodman and the rest of the Globo Gym meatheads in Adult Swim's animated series, Dodgeball. <laughs> that seems like something you would want to exist, but probably doesn't. So I'm going to say made up. You're correct. I, I would find that to be so fascinating. I want an animated Justin Long on my screen just throwing balls. Oh, man. All right. Here's the next one. Decades after their 1984 All-Valley Karate Tournament bout, a middle-aged Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence find themselves martial arts rivals again in Cobra Kai, a continuation of The Karate Kid. Oh, I don't know. Um, mm. Made for TV? Yeah, that one's real. Okay. That's a YouTube original. All right. And it got a lot of buzz. I think it's like really funny. Huh. I'll have to check that out. I never saw the Karate Kid movies. Me neither. But... Now, I hear this is funny, so All right. hey, we'll see. <laughs> All right, last one, Gia. You are five for five. Oh, my God. Okay. After discovering their millionaire boss has died suddenly, two lovable losers try to convince everyone that Bernie is still alive in order to live the good life at his mansion estate. It's more than just one weekend in the short-lived NBC series Life and Death with Bernie. Um... Made for TV. Wow, that no, that one is completely made up. Uh, I wish there was a Weekend at Bernie's TV show about two guys that pretend that he's dead so they could live it up in his mansion. Oh my gosh, 
Should we pitch that? That no, would be good. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you seen Weekend at Bernie's? No. Have you seen Weekend at Bernie's 2? No. Weekend at Bernie's 2 is like one video that we had on um like on tape in our uh-huh. van. We had like a TV with a VCR <laughs> in our van growing up. And so I've seen that movie so many times. What were the other ones? What other movies did you have? Uh, that uh, We had Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's a lot of Bye Bye Birdie and a lot of Weekend at Bernie's 2. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, mix. Well, hey. Gia, you won the game. Great. And uh, what you win is is next week. We're going to be talking about a uh, a Hulu original, mm-hmm. um, the show Rami, which yeah. is a relatively new show. Just came out this year, mm-hmm. and um, it's a really cool show. So people mm-hmm. should check out that show Rami on Hulu, and um, that's what we'll be talking about next week. So hey, until then, um, you should follow us on Facebook at You Me and TV, on Twitter at You Me and TV Pod, and on Instagram at You Me and TV Podcast. Go ahead, subscribe, give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, and uh, and I think that's everything, Gia. I think so. Uh, bye. bye.